With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> this is Wednesday, August 24th, 2016, and welcome to episode number 208 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WWS Radio Network, where we're still continuing to be one year older and continuing to be bolder. And, of course, I'm talking about the one and the only, the infamous WWS Revolution, right here on TalkShoe.com. This is, of course, Mr. WWS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you. Of course, doing our normal routine, as always, we'll be taught nothing but ex- nothing except the world of professional wrestling. And tonight here, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be definitely doing just that as we provide you with our wrestling news and views here, courtesy of our one half of our premier news tag team, King Ice, which will be, King, which will be excuse me, the Iceman himself, J.D., Jared D. Geraldo. Of course, J.D. is a 2015 WWS Hall of Famer. And, of course, he's the host of Raw Radio as well as part of our other shows here in the radio network. <clears throat> and also on the chat box tonight, who will be providing us with the rest of history and birthdays here for this evening. Also part of Raw Radio in the first 2016, the WWS Hall of Famer is one of the only human surplus machine, John Gross. Uh, gentlemen, of course, I do, of course, first welcome you to episode 208 on what promises to be a very outstanding and very unique revolution. It's Wednesday night, and of course, it's the middle of the week, but that doesn't mean anything to all of us. It just means more fun. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, in addition 
to the news and views in the history and birthdays here tonight. Of course, we'll be doing our review of last night's SmackDown live show, which which had a few uh, twists and turns, of course, coming off the heels of this past Sunday's SummerSlam, and we'll definitely ch- chime in on that and give you our thoughts and opinions about that as well. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'll time a lot of some more uh, general wrestling discussion about a lot of different things that are going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, who knows? We might have a few little uh, wrestling extras here, as we always do. Fantasy matchups, uh, brackets, drafts, you know. I mean, who knows what we'll come up, here, come up with here tonight. Well, you know, and you, you name it, we'll probably have it. So uh, who knows what we have here on the table. We always have come up with full surprises here in the radio network, and tonight will be no exception. But if you want to chime in on anything, that myself, J.D., and John, and, of course, other folks that will pop in on that will pop in here and help us out here tonight with episode 208 of Revolution. Please feel free to give us a call at 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 138055-POUND and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that myself, JD, or John, or of course anyone <clears throat> involved with our shows wants to, uh, like I said, wants to bring it up. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions, and we'll definitely air. Uh, Throw them out here on the air, and then we'll get and we'll get our folks' uh, uh, thoughts and opinions on it as well, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. And let's not waste any time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's dive right on in here to the rest of the news and views segment. And like I said, our premier WWS news tag team, King Ice, like I said, it's one half over here tonight is the Ice of King Ice, the Ice Man himself, JD Jared Girolamo, has our rest of the news and views here tonight. So, JD, let's see what we have going on in the rest of the news and views here today. Well, Raw ratings went up this week after doing 2.12 a week before. Raw shot off to a 2.35 this week, however, as they averaged 3.315 million viewers, however. Meanwhile, SmackDown ratings were up too, however. After doing a 1.7 last week in Austin, however, they scored a 1.9, however, mind you, their highest rating, however, since going live on Tuesday nights. Meanwhile, however, Brock Lesnar, WWE superstar, however, has now been told he will be facing a one-year suspension rather than a two-year suspension from the Nevada Athletic Commission. Of course, this stems from his failed drug test following UFC 200. Meanwhile, speaking of Raw, Howard, WWE will return to Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Target Center on Monday night, October 24th. Raw Mini is the password for the pre-sale event code that began ticket sales earlier today. Uh, meanwhile, however, uh, according to reports, our longtime pro wrestler George Gray, who is better known as One Man Gang and Akeem, has launched a GoFundMe page due to a horrifying flood. Gray writes, thankfully, though, our son was in, while I was in Georgia doing a mean greet sign and is able to save all eight cats, two dogs, and a lizard. However, most everything my wife and I ever owned was ruined. All the beds, couches, appliances, electronics, clothes, basically everything in the entire house was destroyed while submerged for three days. A lifetime of memorabilia videos and family albums were among the most irreplaceable. Like most in our area, FEMA, F-E-M-A, has declared our neighborhood a no-flood zone. And like most, we didn't have flood insurance. Our home insurance has to cover zero, zip, not of the damages. Any help you can give back, give to get us back on our feet and our home livable again would be most appreciated. Thanks for your support. Contribute to the fund at GoFundMe.com slash OneManGang. Uh, other news, however, real quick, of course, earlier tonight, however, we uh, saw Johnny, uh, Ty Dillinger be on NXT, of course, the Perfect Ten returning there. Uh, let's see if there's any other news going on. Of course, a lot happening last night. Uh, we 
did have reports last night. WWE did introduce two new titles, however, on SmackDown last night, the tag titles and the new world's title, if you will, which we'll definitely talk upon during our SmackDown review here tonight. And finally, our tragedy earlier today in the countries of Italy, uh, Myanmar, as an earthquake struck both those areas. The toll continues to rise in Italy, however, last reported over 150 people are feared dead with millions more displaced and uh, there's still no up, there's no new update on that front tower, but uh, a powerful earthquake struck that region late last night slash early this morning, and then of course earlier this morning here in the states, which was sometime I believe this afternoon over there in Burma. I'm not sure, maybe late this morning. I don't know the time difference. I think it's like 10, 12 hours. I'm not real sure. Uh, an earthquake struck that region. Three people have been feared dead, and over a good bit of damages reported over there as well. So our thoughts and prayers for those people in Italy in Myanmar tonight. Absolutely. We will definitely say we will definitely keep, uh, of course, uh, both, both those uh, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> um, keep the folks in those countries in our thoughts and prayers tonight. Of course, a uh, real tragedy. Of course, when you have natural disaster like that, uh, you know, come uh, come around your way of that, make come around uh, like that and Really, that really devastates uh, a lot of beautiful areas like that. Uh, but um, <clears throat> but we will definitely, like I say, keep those folks on thoughts and prayers, as JD does mention. Uh, so thank you very much, JD. Of course, JD, along with T Smith, is, of course, King Ice for Premier WCBS News Tag Team. They bring you all the news that's fit to print. And, of course, if it doesn't fit, well, they always, they always find a way to make it fit. And of course, in Gerard's case, he always he always uses that one important item, that is, of course, that tape. And before, ladies and gentlemen, I turn, uh, I turn loose on the uh, history and birthdays first, her own uh, human surplus machine, John Gross. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I do have to do a three minute warning as Rico, of course, uh, not as one of the other two guys, just Rico. Uh, JD, I will let you, uh, like I said, if there's anything else you need to mention while I'm away for like there should be more than two, three minutes, I will be right back down. Of course, I will take care of the wrestling history and birthday. So stand by. I will be, I will be right back. Okay. One seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID number one three eight zero five five pound. This is episode number two hundred eight of Revolution. Don't forget tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with Wolfpack Radio. With call ID number is one three eight five two one pound. You can join us there tomorrow night, which should be a very exciting show. And then, of course, Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to the female point of view of wrestling. Yes, folks, our own Black Widow, Michelle Lindartz, of course, will tell you her side of the story. Of course, you'll have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, UFC, ROH, whatever you want to talk about. She will be sharing with you all tomorrow night, or excuse me, Friday night, I should say. I said tomorrow night. Uh, Sorry about that. I was wrong on the date there. Uh, she will talk about this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. It should be a very action-packed, stoked show uh, in more ways than one. Uh, definitely check that out, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a very good show. The call ID for that is 139927-POUND. And the number one, of course, you can join Michelle each and every Friday night, of course, beginning at 8 p.m., however, on Friday night's hour, as she will get you set up for the weekend, however, in more ways than one. She will tell you her points of view, and she might also have a few guests join her on the panel as well. And of course, this week, ladies and gentlemen, promised to be a very, very interesting panel there. 
Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget this Saturday night, as I've mentioned uh, quite a bit here tonight, and I'll mention one final time because uh, I'm not bragging about this, but I have to get it out of my way anyway. I'm just saying this uh, strictly as a professional here. Uh, you can join myself and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, this Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen, on Attitude Radio, call on ID 138982. We will be filling in for the King and Queen of Saturday Night Live, if you will, the Black Widow and Gerard T. Smith this week, ladies and gentlemen. However, just for one night, however, and of course, that will be getting underway at 9 p.m. this week, ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday night. We will definitely uh, talk uh, a lot about the past week's activities. We'll also give you an early taste of Raw Radio, which will be very interesting this week. And also, speaking of Raw Radio, ladies and gentlemen, a very good show this past week. Of course, we had a very interesting trivia contest there. Coming up next Monday, ladies and gentlemen, will be, again, a very exciting trivia contest as our own Black Widow. The Black Widow herself will be battling the franchise, of course, in a 10-question standoff to see who knows the best of Evolution and of the Honky Tonk Man. So that will be a very interesting contest this week. Of course, don't forget, in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a number one contenders match there on Labor Day. As That should be a very interesting show to see who knows what there. They will be... The competitors will be to our own John Gross, the human suplex machine, battling uh, the franchise, of course. Uh, waiting to see if he'll be battling the franchise or the Heartbreak Kid. We don't know who yet. And a 10-question standoff to see who knows the more about The Undertaker. Yes, folks, The Undertaker will be the topic of discussion on this particular show. And then on September 12th, it will be, I can now confirm, however, as of now, it will be the franchise taking on the Iceman in a 10-question standoff to see who knows more about the Iron Sheik. So we definitely got some surprises coming up in, uh, in the weeks to come here on Talk Shoes. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. It's going to be very, very interesting, as we will definitely have it for you uh, each and every Monday on Raw Radio. Oh, actually, thank you much here, J.D., for coming with that. I appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> I apologize to gentlemen for stepping away. But JD, of course, keeps you informed on everything going on in the radio network. I do appreciate that, JD. <clears throat> okay, let's see what John has here in the history and birthdays. Oh, this day, August 24th. Uh, let's see what he has here. Uh, okay. The very first one that he's got, I'll have to come back because it's kind of incomplete. So I'll have to come back to it. But uh, I'll come back to it. I'll ask him about it here momentarily. On the state in 1990 in East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Steiner Brothers defeated the Rock and Roll Express to win the NWA United States Tag Team titles. Huh. Okay. 22 years ago today, 1994, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 28. It was highlighted by the first ever match on national TV between Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair with Flair winning the by countout in their WWE World title match. Also on that same night, Ricky Steamboat defeated Steve Austin to win the WWE United States title. But unfortunately, unfortunately, this was Steamboat's last match, and the U.S. title was vacated. And also added in, adding insult to injury, Steamboat was fired by WCW via FedEx the next month. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. On this day in 1996, WWF presented... Experience from Canadian National Stadium. About 21,211 were in attendance for the event celebrating the 10-year anniversary. And I'm not sure what the what the anniversary was all about. Uh, 
but I'll have to ask him what I'll have to find out what that is here momentarily. On this day here in 1998, on Monday Night Raw, the top of the show, the Undertaker and Kane were allied once more, destroying Paul Bearer and also Mankind. The news got Mankind upset that he challenged Kane to a Hell in a Cell match. This was the second time Raw held a Hell in a Cell match, and perhaps the last time it was shown on TV until October 2014, when the Hell in a Cell surprisingly got lowered before the two-on-three handicap match between John Cena and Dean Ambrose against Kane, Randy Orton, and Seth Rollins, with Orton, Kane, and Seth Rollins winning. Mankind took another fall on the Spanish announce table, but it was not a similar fall to, to the way he took at the key in the ring in 1998. So it wasn't really a big fall, just eight feet below as, man, as Mankind was trying to make his way up to the top of the cage, but Undertaker grabbed him and tossed him straight into the announce table. The match ended in a draw with Steve Austin interfering to attack Kane. Also on this show, Bart Gunn won the Brawl for All tournament by defeating Bradshaw, and thus he also won $75,000. The Brawl for All was the height of Gunn's run in WWF, but at WrestleMania 15, he lost in 35 seconds to Butterbean. Yeah, I do remember that. On this date in 1999, WWF presented the first ever episode of SmackDown, in Kansas City, although the pilot was shown four months earlier, so it was shown in April. Okay. This taping was airs two days later on UPN, and also it was the first ever WWF event in Kansas City since Owen Hart's death on May 23, 1999. The show got a 5.8 rating with 9 million viewers watching. Big Boss Man defeated Al Snow to win the, the hardcore title for the third time. And also Chris Jericho it also featured Chris Jericho's in ring debut against the Road Dog. Hmm. Okay. And it also featured Test and Stephanie getting engaged as well. And SmackDown was headlined by the main event between Triple H and The Rock for the title with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. As the Rock attempted to deliver the people's elbow Sean delivered sweet chin music to The Rock, allowing Triple H to retain the title. <coughs> Excuse me. On August 24, 2000, Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon teamed up in a mixed tag match against uh, WWF, WWF champion The Rock and WWF women's champion Lita. During the match, The Rock knocked Angle into Stephanie McMahon. Triple H replaced Stephanie. <coughs> As Triple H took Stephanie backstage and then helped Angle against The Rock and Lita, but when the Hardy Boys appeared to help The Rock and Lita attack Triple H and Kurt Angle, Angle walked out and then backstage. Angle went to check on Stephanie and engaged in a lip lock with her as well. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. WWE pre presented SummerSlam in, in 2003 in Phoenix, Arizona. The main event featured the second Elimination Chamber match for the World Heavyweight title. But this time, Triple H would retain his World Heavyweight title over Randy Orton, Goldberg, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, and Kevin Nash. This was Kevin Nash's last match as well, and his last appearance in WWE until the 2011 Royal Rumble. One year ago, of course, 2015, was the last night in Brooklyn on Monday Night Raw. A big surprise featured the Dudley Boys making their return to attack the New Day, and also Sting would come out to interrupt WWE and United States Champion Seth Rollins' statue ceremony. 
Was this when uh, you were standing on the platform? Yes. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, that was cool. Okay, that was cool. And also, we have some birthdays. We have we have some, we have three birthdays today, and I think JD did mention these already. Uh, John, uh, John did mention, of course, happy birthday, of course, to Funaki, and also to the Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson. And John actually added a little one, an- another one here as well. It's his his mother's birthday. Yes. Happy 44th birthday to his mother. Uh, happy birthday to, to to Mama Gross. There you go. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And also here, here, and here you go, JJ. And a happy 71st birthday to the owner of the WWE, the boss of WWE, Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And if you don't wish him a happy birthday, then you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he must have had his grapefruits this morning for breakfast, too. There you go. And how fitting it is to have some history for him. John's got some history here. Here's some stuff I didn't even know about him. This is pretty, this is pretty interesting. Uh, McMahon was born and raised in Pinehurst, North Carolina, huh. as Vinny Lupton. He spent the majority of his childhood living with his mother and a string of stepfathers. He claimed that one of his stepfathers used to beat his mother and attack McMahon when he tried to protect her. Hmm. He said, it's unfortunate that he died before I could kill him. I would have enjoyed that. His biological father, Vincent James McMahon, had left the family while McMahon was still a baby. McMahon did not meet him until he was tw- until, he, until he was 12 years old. According to an interview with Playboy, he attended Fishburne Military School in Waynesboro, Virginia. Graduating in 1964 in his early life, he overcame dyslexia. Dyslexia, there you go. McMahon first met his father at Capital Wrestling Corporation at the age of 12. At that point, he became interested in following his father's wrestling footsteps and often joined him on trips to Madison Square Garden, which was in New York City. McMahon wanted to be a wrestler. His father explained that promoters did not appear on the show and should stay apart from their wrestlers. In 1968, he graduated from East Carolina University with a business degree and after a nondescript career as a traveling salesman. He was eager to assume a managerial role in his father's WWWF promotion, although the elder McMahon was not thrilled with the idea of his son entering the business. In 1969, he made his debut as an in-ring announcer for the WWWF's All-Star Wrestling. Two years later, he was assigned to a small territory in Maine where he promoted his first card. He became the play-by-play commentator for television matches after replacing Ray Morgan, a role he kept until November of 1997. Okay. Throughout the 1970s, McMahon became the force in his father's company and over the next decade assisted his father in tripling TV syndication. <clears throat> he pushed for the renaming of the company to the, w- to the WWF the younger McMahon was behind the Ali versus Inoki match of 1976, and John said he had to he had to correct me on uh, on uh, okay he was telling me about the very first entry he had uh, he was telling me that uh, okay where 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 was he said okay was in was day back in 1985. Um, and 
Now, now the one that you're talking about, the second one, John, the one in New Jersey, is that what you're talking about? Is that is that a different year? Is that what you're saying? I think he's saying that one that he said 1990. I think he's saying it's supposed to be 1987. I think that's what he said, but I'll have to go back and double check it. But anyway, going back here, then we go about talking about Vince McMahon here. In 1979, both Vince and his wife, Linda, founded their own company, Titan Sports. In 1982, McMahon acquired control of the Capitol Wrestling Company from his alien father, who died in May of 1984. In 1980, McMahon founded Titan Sports, and the company's headquarters were established in South Yarmouth, Massachusetts, using the now-defunct Cape Cod Coliseum. At the time of his purchase in the WWF, Professional wrestling was a business run by regional promotions. A man was a different vision of what the industry could become. In 1983, the WWF split from the NWA a second time. <clears throat> a man also began expanding the company nationally by promoting in areas outside of the Northeast U.S. stomping grounds and signing talent from other companies such as the AWA. In 1984, he recruited Hulk Hogan to be the new, new WWF's new megastar where he defeated the Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden to win the WWF title for the first time. McMahon also created the Rock and Wrestling Connection by incorporating pop music stars into wrestling storylines. As a result, the WWF expanded its fan base into a national mainstream audience as its promotion was featured heavily. On March 31, 1985, he ran the first WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden available on closed-circuit television in various markets throughout the United States. During the late 1980s, McMahon shaped the WWF into a unique sports entertainment brand that reached out to family audiences while attracting fans who had never before paid attention to pro wrestling. McMahon capitalized on a revenue stream by promoting these events live on pay-per-view television. At the third WrestleMania, WWE reportedly drew 93,173 fans to the Pontiac Silverdome, which was called the biggest crowd in the sports entertainment history for WrestleMania three, with the main event of Hulk Hogan taking on Andre the Giant for the WWF title, with Hogan winning the match. After he struggled against Ted Turner's WCW, McMahon cemented the, the, the WWF as a preeminent wrestling promotion in the late 1990s. After McMahon was not proven guilty of all of all counts in court back in 1994, the damage was already done as WCW had dominated WWF by, by the time. They brought Nitro, and then also stars such as Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall all left WWF to go to WCW. But the man wanted to change. He initiated a new brand strategy that would make the WWF return again. Sensing a public shift towards a more hardened and cynical fan base, a man redirected storylines towards a more adult, a more adult-oriented model. The concept became known as WWF Attitude, and McMahon commenced the new era when he manipulated WWF title away from Bret Hart in Montreal in what was known as the Montreal Screwjob. The man who for years downplayed ownership of the company became a heel in WWF storylines, who also started a legendary feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who challenged the boss's authority. On the April 13th edition of Rob McMahon challenged Steve Austin for the WWF title, the man added that Austin could beat him with one arm tied behind his back. The match got in the way, but the two were about to go out. it. Dude Love came out to attack Austin. That same night, Raw was back in the range zone, finally defeating Nitro since June 10th of 1996. 
and the man Austin Feud wound up being the most talked about feuds in WWF history. With Austin's immediate uh, embarrassing man every chance he got using a Zamboni, posing as a doctor, and filling his car with cement. Who can remember those moments? Hmm. Of course, no, I know I can. And being sprayed with beer. Yeah, there you go, that one too. And pulling out a toy gun on him as well. Yes, yeah, when he wet Austin's 316 says, I just wet myself. Yeah, yeah, just pissed my pants. There, there you go. Yeah. The, two were, the two were the first two entrants in the 99 Royal Rumble, and the last two competitors were the man surprisingly eliminated Austin with help from The Rock. The man also formed a group stable called The Corporation as well. In spite of his feud with Austin, he also feuded with The Undertaker, The Rock, and DX. In March, while his feud with Austin, The Undertaker made threats to the young Vincent Man saying that he would own the WWF. In April, Undertaker attempted to marry Stephanie McMahon, but was saved by Vince McMahon, thus turning McMahon's face for a while until he was the one that was behind the higher power. The feud between McMahon and Austin was reunited again, with Linda and Stephanie getting 50% share of the, of the WWF to Stone Cold Steve Austin. At the King of the Ring, the McMahon's beat Steve Austin in a handicapped ladder match and regained control of the WWF. While he was still CEO, Austin scheduled a WWF title match. To be shown on Raw after King of the Ring, Austin won the belt back for the fourth time. At fully loaded, Austin was scheduled for a match against The Undertaker. If Austin had lost, Austin would be banned for banned for the for the, for the WWF title again. If Austin won, Vince would have left to leave WWF TV. Austin won the match. McMahon left but returned in the fall of 1999 and beat Triple H to win the WWF title on the fourth episode of SmackDown. Thanks to interference from Austin, McMahon vacated the belt because he was now allowed on WWF TV, but Austin reinstated him in return for WWF title shot. The McMahon-Triple H feud still continued. With the linchpin of the feud being Triple H's storyline marriage to Stephanie McMahon. Their feud culminated at Armageddon 1999 with Triple H defeating Vince McMahon in a no-holds-bar match. But Stephanie turned on Vince after revealing her true colors. McMahon disappeared from WWF television. They returned in March of 2000 to aid The Rock to defeat The Big Show. At WrestleMania 16, McMahon would then align himself with Triple H, and Stephanie when McMahon when McMahon turned on The Rock. During heel once more at King of the Ring, Vince, Shane, and Triple H. Took on The Rock, The Undertaker, and Kane for the WWF title. With Vince losing the deciding fall, and that gave Vince another hiatus.
He returned in December, questioning the motives of the WWF Commissioner McFoley and concern of the well-being of six superstars facing off at Hell in a Cell at Armageddon in 2000. On SmackDown, he also asked for a divorce from his wife, Linda, and then fired Mick Foley as well. He began a public affair with Trish Stratus at By the Star 2001, but McMahon would... Im- would embarrass her. At WrestleMania 17, he took on his son Shane after six days that Shane announced that he was owning WCW from Vince. Because who could forget that moment? Yep. The Van that Terminator. Great, that was a great moment, too. Yep. They battled a street fight with Mick Foley, the guest referee, but Vince felt like he was battling a one-on-four handicap match with Trish, Linda, Mick, and Shane, with Shane winning. On that so the same night, McMahon formed an alliance with Steve Austin to defeat The Rock to have to have Austin's fifth WWF title. And then Triple H joined the alliance, but the alliance was short lived in May 2001 with an injury by Triple H. In December 2001, WCW started to arrive on Mr. McMahon's doorstep. The entire WWF roster turned face against the heel WCW and ECW roster. Several former ECW wrestlers joined with the WCW wrestlers to form the alliance as well as Stone Cold Steve Austin. The alliance angle ended at Survivor Series with WWF standing tall once more. Empty, empty, empty. <laughs> <laughs> After Survivor Series 2, Mr. Manning credited the Kiss My Beep Club. That's what uh, John did here. William Regal was the first inducted into the club, but on that same night, Rick Flair made his return to the WWF after eight years. And And announced that Shane and Stephanie stole the consortium to Flair. Woo! 
At the 2002 Royal Rumble, they battled in a street fight match with Flair winning. Due to the status of Coners, both McMahon and Flair had a draft lottery. Flair would run Raw, and McMahon would run SmackDown. However, McMahon defeated Flair in June to become the sole owner of WWF. In July, he hired Eric Bischoff as the Raw GM and his daughter Stephanie as the SmackDown GM. I bet you start calling it WWE. Yeah. I still like calling it WWF. Yeah, I do too. A man took a long hiatus until he returned in February 2003 to feud with Hulk Hogan. At No Way Out, he called Hogan his match against The Rock. At WrestleMania 19, they bowed in a street fight with Hogan winning the match. Continuing when McMahon banned Hogan from the ring, they were turned under the gimmick Mr. America. McMahon tried to prove that Mr. America was really Hogan but failed at these attempts. McMahon claimed that Mr. America was indeed Hulk Hogan and fired him. Now, Mercy McMahon forced his daughter to resign in an I quit match when Linda threw in the towel. Also, on the same night, he helped Brock Lesnar defeat The Undertaker to retain the WWE title in a biker chain match. At Survivor Series, McMahon with help from Kane. Defeated the Undertaker in a buried alive match. Give me man, another brief hiatus. He returned in July 2004 to fire Kurt Angle as SmackDown GM and hired Teddy Long as the new SmackDown GM. In 2005, Royal Rumble, McMahon injured his leg after he was upset with the finish between Batista and John Cena. That same year, he feuded with Eric Bischoff when he decided Bischoff wasn't doing a good job as a GM of all. He had the trial of Eric Bischoff with Bischoff losing the trial, but the man fired him and put him in a garbage truck. 
<laughs> I remember that. That was a great moment. And Coach was his lawyer. Yeah, remember that. The man then feuded with Shawn Michaels in 2006. Uh, and also at Triple H in 2006, both Michaels and Triple H reformed DX once again. At SummerSlam and Unforgiven, both DX got victories over the McMahons. And John's asking us to hold on just for just a second. I think he's trying to gather up some more, a couple more things. Before WrestleMania 23, he began to feed with Donald Trump, with Trump challenging McMahon to a match at WrestleMania, in which Loser would have have their head shaved. I actually saw this clip, the contract signing for the for for that match earlier tonight. I saw that on YouTube. Uh, McMahon chose Umaga while Trump chose Bobby Lashley. Lashley won the match, and McMahon was forced to have the was forced to have his head shaved. I think Steve Austin had to hold his head had to hold McMahon's head back in order for them to get a good uh, good cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At Backlash, McMahon got revenge on Lashley by winning the ECW title in a handicap match. But McMahon lost about a one-night stand to Lashley, and that gave McMahon a breakdown. McMahon was K-Fab blown up in a limousine with the storyline on... On who blood Mr. Man was dropped after Chris Benoit had committed double murder suicide. McMahon was not really dead, but he returned to the WWE in August.
um, with the man faking his own death to see what pe- people really thought of him, with Stephanie accusing of faking mourning while checking her father's last will and testament to see how it would benefit her. <laughs> Not surprising. He was slapped by a paternity suit regarding a long lost child. That was September 10th. The legitimate son turned out to be Hornswoggle. I saw this clip earlier tonight, too. Yeah. Actually, one of them I did. Where's Triple H asking the man one important question that was she magically delicious? <laughs> That's hilarious. In February 2008, the man showed Hornswoggle some tough love. J.B. Everville Hornswoggle was not McMahon's father. Turned out that Shane, Stephanie, and Linda were scamming Vince along with Finley. On June 23rd, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think you remember this moment right here. June 23rd, after giving away $500,000, explosions tore apart the raw stage, which fell and collapsed on top of McMahon. That million-dollar mania sign fell on top of him, I think it was. Yep. That was uh, Shane Stephanie informed the fans that his family had chosen to keep the college condition probably in addition. They urged the WWE roster stand together during what he described as a turbulent time. Yep. I'm still, yeah, I'm still reading what John is putting down here. Yeah. They appointed Mike Adamley as the GM of Raw in order to restore order to the brand, but Adamley was let go in November of 2008. Of course, Adam Lee, we all remember, of course, remember hosting American Gladiators back in the 80s. Right? 80s and 90s, right? A man returned in January 2009 supporting his daughter's decisions. Randy Orton came down to attack Vince, punting him in the skull. Attacking the entire McMahon family leading to a, to a WWE title match at WrestleMania 25 between Randy Orton and Triple H. The Triple H winning McMahon then sold the Raw brand to businessman Donald Trump. Next week, McMahon returned the brand, returned the brand, got the brand back from Trump, but McMahon as a celebrity gets us with control of all for the night. He appeared on SmackDown, putting Theodore Long on probation for his actions in August on his 
In August on his birthday, he teamed with his old rival with DX to defeat Legacy. Vince also pinned WWE champion Randy Orton. I he didn't that. like talks either. Oh, no. Was that the one in which DX got all those, um, like, the, was they, were they in Vegas when that happened? I think Vegas was, uh, I can't remember where. I was thinking about the one where they got uh, they got all those like the Elvis impersonator and uh, yeah I think so yeah I think, I think, I think they, were, they were in Vegas whenever that happened I think I, I think so yeah yeah okay he appeared on SmackDown making matches and reminded Long that he was still on probation mm-hmm in 2010 the man and Bret Hart's feud was revisited once again after the 1997 Survivor Series mm-hmm. I'm still reading what John's putting up here. Brett confronted McMahon by the end of the show, but as they buried the hatchet, McMahon kicked Brett in the groin. Ooh. Yeah. Because I think he had also, he had made peace with Shawn Michaels, but he wanted to try to make peace with McMahon, but Brett demanded a match with Vince at WrestleMania 26, but Vince finally accepted which... I said, which which saw Brett get the win, of course. You remember, I'll remember that. So. And of course, it was revealed at WrestleMania 26 that that uh, we all thought that that Vince McMahon had paid off the entire Hart family, who was there to, of course, see their dad get inducted into the Hall of Fame. But it turns out they all told Brett what was going on, and. In dominant fashion in May, McMahon congratulated Brett on becoming the new Raw GM, but in June, McMahon fired hard for not dealing with NXT. Season one rookie is known as the Nexus. He announced the new GM would be anonymous and make decisions via emails, which would be read by Michael Cole. That right there was not a a popular decision, decision made, my personal opinion. The anonymous one? Hey. That was not a popular thing. But of course, we all found out later on about what, what it was. The general manager announced that McMahon was the guest referee for the WWE Championship match between John Cena and Sheamus. The match was interrupted with the Nexus attacking McMahon. Oh. And before I uh, finish off uh, reading off the history here, um, we do have someone coming in on the line right here, and I do see who that is. It is... Na, 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 na. Yes. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <clears throat> she... There you go. She is, of course, like I said, of course, has a lot of, has a lot of uh, introductions for her, for her, and I wouldn't start reading them all. She's the first 2015 WWS Hall of Famer. She's one half of the Attitude Duo for Attitude Radio every Saturday night from 9 to 11. One third of the NWO Madness Kingdom for Wrestling Debate every Wednesday night from 8 to 9. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is the, new, she is the host of the brand new sensation of the radio network, WWS Women's Revolution, which will now make the official home every Friday night from 8 to 9, right before the Friday Revolution, right here on TalkTree.com. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is the one and the only, the black woman of herself, the lovely, lovely Miss Michelle Lynn Dodds. Uh, Michelle, welcome to number 208 of Revolution. Hello, Jan. 
Hi. Hi. How you doing? Hi. 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 It's myself, JD, and Don. Uh, 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 what a rush. We are still in the middle of the rest of history. Today is the 71st, one of the birthdays today is the 71st birthday of Vince McMahon. Yes, uh, it is. So we are finishing off the, there's a lot of history on this man, so I'm reading off the rest of it right here. So I'm okay. going up. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and just finish it off and see what we have going on here. The man appeared in the same on November 1st Raw with Freddie Prince explaining what had happened since he'd been out. The scene transitioned to setting the man waking up revealing it was all a dream. In early 2011, the man began to work behind the scenes making some rare appearances. In the June 27th episode of Raw, CM Punk made a pipe-bound speech criticizing WWE and a man about the way WWE was run. He suspended Punk, but re- he reinstated him at the behest of Punk's Money in the Bank opponent and WWE champion John Cena. McMahon and Laurinaitis interfered on John Cena's behalf, but Punk was successful and walked out of the company with the title. The next night, Triple H returned on behalf of the board of directors and fired McMahon from his position from Raw and SmackDown. Though he was still chairman of the board, Triple H announced that he was now the new COO of WWE. In October, McMahon revealed Triple H relieved Triple H of his duties saying the board of directors had called the game a financial catastrophe and WWE employees had no confidence in him the previous week. He appointed Lauren Knight as an interim GM of Raw. That was baloney right there. In June 2012, he fired Lauren Knight and said, no way out. It's about blame. Now, that, that was the best. That was another good thing you did. After uh, uh, oh. John, John Cena had beaten Big Show in a steel cage match. He AJ Lee as the new GM at Raw 1000 and made Booker T the new SmackDown general manager. Hmm. I'm just reading that he just put it on bit by bit here. Because McMahon has a lot of history. Yeah, it could take days. <laughs> On October 8th, he faced off against CM Punk. The match didn't start, but the man held his own against Punk. Uh, held his own against Punk. One thing I did not know that he was actually born right here in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Pinehurst, to be more specific. His real name is Vinny Lupton. Hmm. Yeah. And then ultimately booked a match between CM Punk and Ryback for the title at Hell in a Cell. In a, in a Hell in a Cell. I remember that. Yes. During the build-up from 2013 Royal Rumble, McMahon told Punk that if the Shield interfered in his match with The Rock, Punk would lose the belt. The Shield did interfere with to help Punk win, but Vince restarted the match at The Rock's request, and The Rock was victorious. Thank yes, that was a good match. I remember that very well. I've watched that match three or four different times. Which one? Yes. Which one? The Rock and CM Punk, Royal Rumble 2013. Oh, yes, good match there. Very good match there. The next night on Raw, after conducting a performance review on Paul Heyman, 
Brock Lesnar returned to hit him with an F5. According uh-huh. to WWE.com, McMahon suffered a broken pelvis and would require surgery. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> Vince did return on Raw to fight Paul Heyman in a street fight. The Lesnar interfered only to have Triple H return as well. I remember that. Uh, oh, excuse me. Planning the seat for a rematch between Lesnar and Triple H at WrestleMania 29. That right there was a great match. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one and the match between Punk and Undertaker at 29 was great. Those are two right there. Yeah. Especially, I said, the authority turned heel in August at a Triple H cost Daniel Bryan the title at SummerSlam. Of course, we all remember that. Oh, yeah. So... And then stepped aside from his own screen authority role in 2014 to evaluate Triple H and Stephanie's control of the company. Yeah. Ah, yeah. He's got the great fruits to do that. He returned in November 2014, making the stipulation that if Team Cena had be, would be Team Authority at Survivor Series, the Authority would leave. Team Cena won, but we all know how that happened. But uh, man, Cena the option to reinstate the Authority. He returned in December 2015 one more time, aligned himself with the Authority, confronting Roman Reigns over his attack on Triple H. Oh, Lord, here goes my dogs. McMahon granted Reigns another WWE, WWE Championship match against Sheamus. If Reigns lost, he would be fired. Reigns won the match and the title. Reigns also placed McMahon in jail two weeks later. I, I vaguely remember that, that part. I remember. Which one? After, hold on, let me finish this and I'll talk about it. But the man got over, got one over on Reigns that same night by announcing a match between Reigns and Sheamus for the WWE title. The man was the guest referee for the match with Reigns winning the match. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They said Roman Reigns had placed Vince McMahon in jail two weeks after he won the uh, a WWE title match over Sheamus. But he did announce that Reigns would defend the belt with 29 other competitors, which was won by Triple H. And that was this year's Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. But we all know, yeah, like I said, we all know who won that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Triple Dork! I mean, Triple H. <laughs> In February, McMahon presented the first ever Vincent J. McMahon Legacy of Excellence Award to Stephanie McMahon. Holy cow, dude. Before he was interrupted, beforehand he was interrupted by Shane McMahon, who would make his return <laughs> to the WWE for the first time in over six years. That was the Which OMG was the moment of the year, I feel. 
confronted both his father and sister and claimed he wanted control of law. Okay, uh, both of y'all talk, said something at the same time. What did y'all say? I said, oh, I was, just said that was, ahead, sorry, No, I just said it was a great moment when Shane returns this year. Yeah, yes, it was. Leading up to Vince booking Shane against the Undertaker at WrestleMania 32 and had, at Hell in a Cell. And, of course, as we all know, Undertaker won the match. That was an amazing match, though. Yep. Yes, it was. How Shane McMahon was still able to do that, I mean, even though despite not doing all the training for that, that was not bad. That was great. But this allowed Shane to run that night's show, Shane would take control of all. I still watch a lot of those moments like that, you know? This is what I'm talking about. But at Payback, McMahon announced that both Shane and Stephanie would have joint control of Raw. Would have a joint? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah. I think this was definitely the OMG moment of the year, one of the OMG moments of the year. Oh, yeah. When, when do you usually at the Slammies, though? But in July, McMahon announced that Shane would control SmackDown and Stephanie would control Raw. Uh-huh. And, of course, we see that happening right now. Mm-hmm. John, uh, John has been typing his fingers to the bone. I'm surprised he has any fingers left. <laughs> John's been typing his fingers to the bone. I'm watching old worldwide wrestling from February of 1985 to the bone. The man is still happily married to his wife, Linda. They will celebrate their 50th anniversary on Friday. Oh, holy shit. Wow, congratulations to him. Holy shit, okay. right. Can anybody, no one, can, I don't think anybody can come close to how Gerard Gerard does it. Spe- holy cow, you, you, speaking of Gerard, son of a gun. He's fucking on us, didn't he? All hail the mighty King NWO. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gerard, we're going to need a um, HFS moment here because I'm going to repeat this one more time and, I, and only you can do this. I was about to try it, but I said, no, I can't, I can't even come close to the man himself. I want to repeat this. I would like for you to do that, sir, if you don't mind. I was saying that well, you're I doing swear every other minute. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about the history today. Today is Mr. Man's birthday. He's still happily married to his wife, Linda. On Friday, they will celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. That old kinky bastard, eh? You got that right. <laughs> oh, holy fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, seventy-one year old was married for fifty years. You lucky bastard! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's He has six grandchildren: Declan James, Kenyon Jesse, Rogan Henry McMahon, sons of Shane and his wife Marissa, and of course Aurora Rose, Murphy Claire, and Vaughn Evelyn the Vest, which is of course. Children of Triple H and Stephanie. And they're going to take over WWE when they get older. They're going to be <laughs> in the women's division, I believe. I bet. One of them is going to be anyways. I heard Stephanie do an interview one time 
I think her oldest is uh, in really into wrestling. Yeah, I think she's ten. Isn't she nine or ten years old? I think already, and she's been playing a lot of tape already. Yeah, yeah. She's the only one that likes wrestling. The other ones are like, we want butterflies and girly shit. The oldest yeah. one's like, I want to just like beat people up, <laughs> <laughs> like her daddy. <laughs> yes. I think it was Aurora Rose. Wasn't she born around the time they, were, they did the DX thing in 06? Imagine her watching DX now, though. Like, my daddy just said, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and my Uncle Sean, he's saying it, too. That's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that, yeah. Uh-huh. Vince, I can't believe Vince, like, he freaked out. The best thing was when they got the notifications at uh, from uh, USA or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. can't say dick and ass and all this. They almost made Vince have a heart attack because they said that they took it out and said USA Today or USA told us we can't say dick, we, we can't say ass, we can't say bitch. Uh, I forget what all they were, but and. <laughs> And USA thought it was the greatest thing ever, and uh, Vince was freaking out. He's like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can uh, do whatever the fuck we just want. Ima- just, just imagine uh, one of them watching now and say, Mom, why did Daddy say, however, that Pappy likes cocks? Just <laughs> 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 imagine that. They hey, the hey. booster. I mean, oh. Hey, hey uh. Uh, Stephanie and uh, Triple H is old as I can picture her going back to school and telling the teacher, "Are you ready?" Yeah. <laughs> Too nice. One of the girls gets mad and they're like, "Hey, teacher, you can just suck it." <laughs> like Daddy oh, said it. Oh, yeah, Daddy. he's on there all the time. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh, oh my goodness, man! Oh. Well, John, thank you very much for reminding us of the rest of history and birthdays. Uh, by the way, also in addition to this long history about McMahon, we had we did have two other birthdays, and it was the Ro- also the Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, and also Funaki, whose birthday is yeah. today. Well. And we got John's mom's birthday today too. Uh, Happy birthday, to her. Yeah. John's mom is forty. Welcome or welcome? Fuck, that's our welcome. Say, why did I say that? Welcome? That's weird. Welcome, John's mom. No, that's probably not right. I was going to say, happy to John's mom. He might feed you beefaroni. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, no, it was ravioli I seen a big, giant can of, and I thought of John, but I guess it was the wrong thing. <laughs> beefaroni, ravioli, it's the same fucking thing. But uh, I this big can, it was like, I was going to buy it, but how the fuck would I eat it? Like, it's like a big can. It's like four cans in one. I was looking at it, I was like, that's cool, but I'd have to be like uh, Cosmo Kramer and just start eating it. Like, I'm going to eat it every day, but uh, no. <laughs> All you need is the Kenny Rogers, fran- uh, what was it, the Kenny Rogers franchise or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a funny episode. I watched that one last night, actually. And, uh, Gerard, I'll let you know, but I've eaten can- big cans of pasta before, so I know how that yeah? is. Yeah? Well, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it, trust me. I could, I, I don't know if I could do it right now, but my stomach's up, like, I can't eat like I used to could. I used to could. Yeah, that's the, the word of the day, I know. 
Yeah. I yeah. used to could. It's so uh, it's almost it's almost like a Jeff Foxworthy. This is the word of the day. I used to could. You might be a redneck, or here's your sign. Get her done. Get her done. Oh man, I love those guys together. They're like glue and duct tape. They're like. They're so cool. They're like, they're the cable guy, Bill L, whatever his name is. Ingball. Uh, Ingball, yeah, Ingvall. thank you, man. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy and... Uh, Ron White. Ron White. Ron White, oh my God. Peter Ron Salad. White, Peter Salad. They call me. That guy, is, that guy doesn't I have a seat. It's a good one. Nothing. He goes up there and he's like, yeah, I drank like half a bottle of vodka. So what? Or whatever. He's like... He's so friggin' funny. You know he was in the movie Horrible Bosses, too? Yeah, I think he was. And he had a drink in his hand, too. Yeah, he was the cop because he was questioning Charlie Day and all those guys. Jason Bateman and uh, Jason Sudeikis in the uh, police station. He asked what the heck's happening with uh, Kevin Spacey. And he's there with his drink in his hand uh, questioning all three of them. That's so awesome. I love it when they they put the character somewhere else. Like uh, Yes. I see the 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 old guy uh, from Trailer Park Boys. He's on a few different things. The old man. The yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leahy. Right. He's on different stuff. Uh, he actually got caught one time in uh, uh, I think in Barrie, Ontario. He was riding on top of someone's van. His a fan met him and they're like, "Can you ride do something crazy for me?" And he goes, "Yeah, I will." So he jumps on top of the van, and the cops pulled him over. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I got to tell you something. Well, Chad, mention that story I told you earlier tonight on uh, Revisit. You guys are going to laugh about probably the best story we've heard all year so far. The Which one, one is The one in Ohio about the guy with the bear who was uh, caught uh, with his uh, little, little let's say, uh, pleasuring himself Johnson? in what he's in. Yeah. Johnson? What? He was trying to have sex with a bear? No, well, he got caught masturbating, <laughs> but how he got caught masturbating was how it was funny. Chad will explain the story. Oh, my God, he got, he got caught masturbating by a bear? That would be that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put my pecker away before the bear eats it. <laughs> that would be the worst time ever, man. But how do you get porn? How do you get porn on your cell phone in the woods? That's what I want to know. <laughs> but no, this guy, you know, but Chad knows the story. That's a long one. This woodpecker has Wi-Fi. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord have mercy! Uh, Got <laughs> from uh, Full House. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, John, thank you very much for the rest of history and birthdays here for today. And, uh, of course, J.D., thank you very much for providing us the news and views here of the day. Yes, J.D., thank you for covering for me. Again. You're welcome. No problem. And uh, Gerard, of course, uh, my man, uh, uh, you may once again do the honor, sir, the infamous, the one and the only, the P.L.U.G. You want me to pour my beer in the socket? That doesn't sound right. No! Uh, uh, 
Uh, that would be a plug. That would be hair club for men. You'd be bald. Like, yeah, that would be not very good. Um, don't ever stick a fork in the socket either. And even if someone will pay you money, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, that's right. Let's get back onto the subject here. <clears throat> One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. The ID number is one three eight zero five five. You press pound, press one. You can talk to any of us that's on the air right now. Chad the boss and Shaw, the classy lady MLD. You got the Ice Man on ice. You got John the Human Suplex Machine. He loves Taz. Don't we all? And I am, of course, last but not least, when I show up, King NWO GTS. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, also, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, there is a new poll out there on the Revolution Radio Facebook page. Uh, if you get a chance to respond to it, uh, we talked about it last night, about who has the best spear. And there you got four choices there it's to choose fucking, from. It's Edge. I already know it's Edge. Well, one of them, yes, one of them is Edge, and the other is, is Edge Goldberg. one of them? Okay, I'm picking Edge when I get to view it. Okay, well, Edge is, Edge is up there, then Goldberg, and Roman Reigns, and Bobby Lashley. So there you go. I'm picking so. Edge. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry, okay. MLB. I'm not going to pick Bobby Lashley. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. But, I uh, like Edge. I like Edge's spear the best. I'm gonna pick Roman. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my Aliens God. have invaded NLD's mind. <laughs> Holy! Okay, yeah. And also another rated match polls out there about the '97 Royal Rumble. And uh, we'll let you know that uh, we got a little bit more response to that. We've got hey, five. I picked, is that the one I picked, Chad, with HBK and uh, Sid Vicious? That's right. That's exactly right. I'm Sid and Michael now. for the belt, yes. 97 Royal Rumble, that's right. Where and is also, Sid Vicious this, these days? He looks the same, and he's doing fuck all, brother. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, he's probably like 60, but it, it looks like he's been dipped in the fountain of youth because he looks exactly the same. Look up Sid Vicious from 1990-whatever, and look him up now. He looks like the exact same. He's like, what the fuck happened to you, man? It's it's, it's called Botox, probably. Botox, <laughs> probably. Dr. Sid is 55 years old. Sid is 55 years old? 55 years old. Oh. His birthday will be nine days before Christmas. He's got two children. Yeah, he's got a son that looks exactly like him. Yes, he, he does. Is, yes. He's been married since 1983, so he's been married a good, good, long, long, long yeah. time. He's a- He's another big man. He's a lot of big man. He's another big man that uh, did the power bomb. I love uh, big guys that do power bombs. It's pretty cool. I love a lot of his ring names that they have listed on here too. You might like a lot of these. A lot of them, of course, featured Sid. Excuse me. Well, one of my likes was 
Lord Humongous. <laughs> Lord Humongous, yeah. Yes, he was just called. I think he, he wore a mask for that because that's what his son was doing on the Indies, I think. He was like Lord Humongous Jr. or something, wasn't he, J.D.? Yeah, he was because that's how he broke out in Memphis, however, I remember. Yes, yes. Okay. Are you talking about Sid Vicious? Sid was, yeah, that's when he first got his break in Memphis. Yeah, he, but I'm talking about his son. But his son did, did too, yeah, yeah. On the Indies. Yeah, I think he, that's how he copied his dad's thing. Because if you look up pictures, you'll see Scott Hall with him one time. He was, uh, yes. he come out, he's just as big as Sid or even maybe a little taller, but he looks the same physique with the blonde curly hair, and he wore a mask, uh, for some of his indies. I don't know if he's still doing indies or not. Yep. Right. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, later career, I can read off a little bit according to Wikipedia. Uh, well, while you guys go ahead and do that, I'll be right back in a few minutes. How you can okay. maybe, since I gave you my SmackDown interpretation already, you might as well get your uh, thoughts on SummerSlam or Ryan Let's see. Of course, he was in the 2000 film Ready to Rumble. Of course, he did David Arquette. Uh, 2011, he starred alongside fellow wrestlers Kurt Angle and Kevin Nash in a horror movie called River of Darkness. Mm-hmm. He also starred in another horror film called Death from Above alongside Kurt Angle, James Storm, Matt Morgan, mm-hmm. Terry Garen, and Jessica Kressa. Mm-hmm. And Matt Morgan. Up he appeared on the CBS reality show Big Brother 14 where his son, Frank, was a contestant speaking about his son and their relationship and how he's in full support and never misses an episode cheering him on. I don't see him doing that much of it. He didn't say he's doing anything else right now. He's sitting on his eyes drinking beer. The best way you can do it. There you go. Um, <laughs> But, of course, his other ring names was Lord Humongous, Sid, Sid Justice, Sid Steel, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, and Vicious Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And he looked the same for every character. You got that right. He yeah. wore jeans and a leather vest. Yes, Lord, did he. <laughs> I you know what? That. I have a brown leather vest. But uh, I don't have a black one. I always wanted a black one to be like the wrestlers. The wrestlers don't really wear brown. They wear black, like Scott Hall and a bunch of other ones. Uh-huh. You think mm. I can find a black leather vest? Not for my life. Hey, Gerard. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> did you? I probably that... didn't. Uh... <laughs> what, what were you gonna Last say? Um, that article on Bret Hart talking about Seth Rollins. Bret Hart is a bitter motherfucker right now. He yeah, really... I, uh, I heard he, he probably dissed Seth Rollins pretty bad. But uh, Bret Hart, I, and uh, this is not like trying to hate on Bret Hart. It's not. But I think because Vince is like such an asshole to Bret, Bret turned really bitter. I've I seen a lot of interviews. I've seen a lot of articles. He's been dissing wrestlers. He's been dissing people. He's not with nobody, so he doesn't really give a shit. I think he's bitter now, and I heard that from a few people. Uh-huh. 
Hey, man, I I love Bret Hart. Don't get me wrong. He's Canadian. He, he's a great wrestler. But when he when he quit wrestling and he started being, oh, and I don't blame him a little bit for being bitter because uh, Vince McMahon fucked his career, like, really bad. So, um, like, so uh, he, he's a little bitter now, and he's a little bitter at rest. Some wrestlers, some wrestlers he'll like and he'll tell you, oh, they're awesome. But some other wrestlers he picks, like he picks on. Maybe how Vince picked on him. Maybe he's trying to do like the karma thing, but. Right. I mean, Bret Hart looks really bad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I know he's been through a lot, you know, with the cancer and all that. He had cancer and he had, he had a stroke. He had, he had some, a uh, few problems, but, uh, doesn't mean he has to be a bitter old fuck. Like, come on. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, and uh, I'm not trying to be mean in any way, and anybody can say oh, you just called him a bitter old guy, but uh, he is. He's bitter. He's, well, this guy doesn't do it right. He should do it like Bret Hart. Well, like, <laughs> Bret Hart was, like, you know, a long time ago, and uh, Bret Hart was a specialty. He was a special, uh, like, he could do the the holds, he could do like submission moves. Not everybody does submission moves, so he's probably going to be all over their ass. Like, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of those specialty wrestlers like uh, Bret Hart, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, like all of them could Mm -hmm. do so many tap-out moves. Uh, It's crazy, but we don't have that anymore. We have, like, we have different wrestlers, you know. We have Roman we have Roman Reigns that couldn't know a wrist lock from a ankle lock, but uh, that's, yeah, he can do a nothing. He does nothing. He, his spear sucks. Uh, he does the same moves like John Cena. I'm sorry. Uh, he does the drive by. He does the Superman punch. He does the spear, and but he maybe does two other moves, I guess. But uh, if they turn him heel. I've said this on the other show. I want them to rip apart his his repertoire and give him four or five new moves, but heel moves. Like, go in for the Superman punch and then pull back and smile and do, like, a uh, power slam or something. Like, yeah. Tease the fans. Exactly. They got to tease the fans. They got to, like, you know, once you, once you change from heel to face, like, if John Cena, I doubt it, but ever turns heel, he's going to have to change it up a little bit. Like, everybody, you can't do the same shit you do face because face is, like, you know, uh, you can't do a choke move, you can't do grab the ropes when you face, so you got to, like, switch it up a little bit, and they could do it with Roman, like, do a spear, but do it a little better, and then uh, don't do the Superman punch or the drive-by, you can tease them and laugh because... Uh, it would be funny and the fans would be pissed off. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a heel. But he's already exactly. doing it as a face. So uh, I don't know why they're not pulling the trigger on it. Uh, Vince, I guess, loves Roman, so. Oh, he loves him all right. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I found another story, guys. I wanted to get your take on this. I was reading this earlier. Um, for uh, for eleven mania, you know how they always like to pop up a few little stories every now and then. Uh, here's one that popped up here. <clears throat> Something about um, 
Medusa is coming out here saying that that the moment that involved her dumping the women's title belt in the trash on Nitro ruined her. How did it ruin her? She's the one that did it. Well, well, well. I was going about. I was about to go ahead and read that right here. Yeah, but Eric Bischoff told her to do it. Eric Bischoff told her to do it. She didn't want to do it. Right, and guess what? She actually went on a a podcast hosted by Eric Bischoff and told him this. Let me go ahead and read what it says right here. Medusa stood with Eric Bischoff for his Bischoff on wrestling and discussed the infamous moment during the Monday Night War where she dropped WWF women's title into the garbage on Nitro at Bischoff's behest. Yes, that's right. After Bischoff said that he would do it all all over again if he could, and that when you hear from WWE's side of the story, it was a pretty crappy thing to, to do, Medusa said the following. This is Medusa talking here, guys. What did you hear? Do you know what I went through, Eric? I went through crap. That was the defining moment for everybody for 20 years. I had to live with that. It ruined me. Basically, I never did an interview for wrestling or went to a wrestling signing. This is the second or third podcast I've ever done since I retired. I've only done two signings since I retired. That's it. That's it. I'm doing my third one in my retirement since 2001, November. Besides access to WrestleMania. <clears throat> and she also continues. I remember calling Vince's office because Monster Jam wanted to put together about Medusa and her monster truck. So I called up there, and I'll never forget this. I'll never share this with anybody. I'll never forget calling up there and saying, Hi. And I was speaking with Vince's secretary at the time. I said, This is Deborah. Do you think Vince would mind if I could get some copies of a video for us to use at Monster Jam? Boy, she laid it into me like you wouldn't believe. I hung up that phone in tears. I, I thought, is this what everyone thinks? I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't know anyone thought about me that way. That was my first rude awakening. How dare you? Vince is so taken back and so hurt by what you did. I'm like, and of course she's crying about this, but I was told I was under contract and ah, you know, I was like, what the frick just happened? Never did I ever feel like you owed me something by what you did. Because I knew that you didn't know exactly what the outcome was going to be. Didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I knew that you I knew that you knew that it was going to have an impact, but I truly want to believe in my own mind, whether it's true or not, that you had my back all along and stuck up for me and that's what I'm going to believe until I, until my grave. That was Medusa's words. That sounds it. like a whiny old bitch now. Um uh, sorry, uh Yeah. And, yeah. But, but after her wrestling career, she became a monster truck driver, and that's that's her life now, I think. So, what the fuck is she whining about? Like, she got paid big, she got the dollars, so she's probably broke now, and now she has to bitch about it. Oh, Eric Bischoff, I'm broke, uh, blah, blah, blah. But see, Vince, or Vince, or <clears throat> Eric got, um, mm-hmm. Eric got, like, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Uh, whatever her name is, Medusa. He got them a lot of money. So and if and if they if he gave a truckload of money to Scott Hall and he drank it all and he did whatever with it, which he did. Um, but uh, that's Scott Hall's fault, not Eric Bischoff. He got them the money. He got them lots of money. He got Medusa lots of money. So she's bitching and complaining because she's probably broke. 
true. I agree with that. Uh, and, just caught my eye about that. But how, every WWE mean? wrestler that is broke now, and uh, uh, they're going to blame Eric Bischoff. But, hey, Eric Bischoff, if Eric Bischoff gave me a truckload of money, say, here you go, do whatever I tell you to do, you do it, and then you you blow the money, well, that's your fault, not Eric Bischoff's. He got you the money. He, he did good on his part. Sure, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just caught you my eye what? behind this moment. You know what Medusa, Medusa was crying about? It's because when she fucked the WWE over, they wouldn't give her any of the Alundra Blaze stuff uh, so she could uh, pimp it out and sell it. So, uh, once you mess over Vince, you're pretty well... Like, if you were in the WWF in the 90s or whatever, 2000s or whatever, and you go to TNA or you, like, screw him over somehow, he won't give you that footage. So you got to go back with him. you got to sign a Legends deal, which I think, well, she's in the Hall of Fame, so she probably has a Legends deal. Now she can put out the best of Lunder Blaze that will be, like... A half hour, so I don't know why she's bitching for it because there's not a lot, a lot on Alundra Blaze, but that's maybe her was her best moment. So, right, I mean, I mean, she got inducted to the Hall of Fame, right? She brought that title belt back, right? Yeah, she pulled it out of the trash can, and because um, Vince probably told her to do so, uh, and she kisses, uh, she kissed Vince's ass to get back in, and she did. So, I don't know what she's bitching for. She got a big chunk load for the Hall of Fame. You get money and stuff. and So, uh, I don't know. Maybe bitching. Well, she probably, she'll probably get a best under Blaze video. It'll be quicker than a trailer, but if that's what she wants, I guess. That's, uh, but, uh, well, she can, they can do a Lunder Blaze Medusa one, I guess, because she was WCW, but uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think her best matches were Lunder Blaze, um, but uh, I don't think there was too many. I I can't remember them, but that was a long time ago. Right, right, right. But that was just kind of interesting how she says that particular moment, which is one of the most infamous moments in the history of pro wrestling, how it how it just ruined her. So. Yeah, ruined her. Poor fucking girl, eh? Yeah, she went on to be a monster truck legend, a girl, I guess, and it ruined her. It it did better for her. Like she quit wrestling and she became a monster truck. Cause I heard, oh, the lady, one of I don't know how many ladies on monster truck. I don't watch it, I'm, but uh, I heard Lundra or whatever her name is. Her real name is uh, uh, Deborah Maselli, I think her name her name is. Oh, I was going to say cunt face Magoo, but ah, it's close enough. <laughs> but uh, so she's bitching and complaining. I don't know why old wrestlers do that. It's so funny. Like, oh, Rince, uh, uh, Rince. That's that's a new one. His name is Rince. Uh, he, uh, he ruined my career. Yeah, I bet. He fucking did, like, rehab. He does, like, so much. If, if, uh, like Scott Hall, I think went to through surgery through Vince McMahon. He paid it all to get new hips and get. Oh no, I guess he did a GoFundMe page too. But I don't know if Vince chipped in. He chipped in for all the rehabs. Right. 
Scott Hall's been in 15 rehabs, I think, in his career. That's like the the most ever. Um, but I think he helps out all wrestlers. Like, you know, if you have trouble, you know, he's paying probably he's probably still paying for Ultimate Warrior's wife and kids. Because as soon as he died, man, they went in there with a truckload of money and uh, they made everything well. Right, I guess, but... Uh, well, they also started Mom back. Sorry, guys. Uh, they also, too, I mean, started the Warrior Foundation, however, too, and that was one of the charities, I think, because they wanted to do something to Yeah, but you know they're taking care of uh, Dana and the kids. Oh, yeah, big They're time. still taking care of them. As soon as Warrior died, they went in there with a truckload of cash, and they yep. said, here you go, you're going to be good for the rest of your life. Yep, and they did that new DVD of him, too. Well, because Dana was really crushed after Warrior died, so... Uh, I think we all were. That was one of the most... Well, we were, yeah. yeah. We were. Not as much yeah. as Piper, but we were... No, we were, not as uh, much as Piper, well, it was, Dusty Rhodes. It was a pretty big shock to Warrior. Mm-hmm. Like, he was on Raw, and then the next day he died, and... Um, and like I said, I remember that night so well. I mean, it just... I mean, I, I, I just had a... I mean, it's fun, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. The but, night that he spoke, however... I mean, for Raw that, and his uh, Hall of Fame, you seen him red, you seen him breathing funny, right? right? Yeah, especially yeah, on that's Raw. Yeah, I said. I said. And I, I said, said to uh, my friend, somebody, I said, I said, he's not. He's sick. Yeah. Because he was. He was. Oh man, he was red as a candy apple. Yeah, a lot and of people said breathing. that. Breathing. Right? He's like, and I'm not trying to make fun of him, but he's like, yeah. I'm the warrior, and he's yeah. like, like breathing like really short, and I'm like. Yeah, man, that guy's breathing funny. I said uh, he's really sick to somebody, and they said, "Ah, he's all right." And then the next day he went on yeah. raw, and then after that he died. And I'm like, man, when he did the raw, when he did the rope shake, he kind of yeah. like he kind of jolted, he kind of went back, and it's like, what the fuck do you do that for? I was like, yeah. that's kind of weird. Well, when I left the soup, when I remember, I, it's funny. I, when I left the arena that night, the quick, um, the what the heck is the name of the arena in New Orleans? I'm thinking of it's um, something funky. It's, it's it's a weird name. However, I should know this. However, uh, I'll have to find it. But anyway, long story short, when I left the arena that night, I remember. However, the night after WrestleMania, I said to my friend, "Something's not right." However, I mean, it's just it's so weird. But he wasn't his normal self tonight. Maybe something. Wasn't feeling what we said. This. Oh, Smoothie King Center. That's what it's called. Smoothie King Center. It's right next to the uh, Superdome. So there you go. I knew it was so fun. What'd you call it? Smoothie King. Yeah, it's called the Smoothie King Center. It's right next to the Superdome in New Orleans. Smoothie King. Smoothie King Center. Yeah, that's what it's called. No joke. What the hell is it? What's that mean? Smoothie King. Smoothie King. I guess. If, I don't know. It must be. If you're the king of New Orleans, you have a bunch of smoothies. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh. But anyway, I mean, when I left the arena that night, however, I said to my friend Greg and my two other friends, I said, he's just not in good, he just is not himself. I mean, something's not right. And I had a very bad feeling, but I'm thinking, maybe like you said, Howard, yeah, he was sick that night. Maybe he just had an off night. And then, like I said, as I've told you many times over on all the shows, how I was in Dallas when I first heard the news, and I thought it was just a prank. I mean, I thought it was a joke. But by the time I got back into Pittsburgh, I realized it wasn't a joke and it wasn't a prank, and my phone blew up on the flight. The, way, the way that he spoke that night on Raw was he spoke like he knew something was coming. Yeah, I was just, just going to say that too, Michelle. Yeah, you, you read exactly my mind. Yep, 
I would exactly agree. Yeah, with his speech kind of. I I thought that too. I thought, what the hell? Why is he talking like that? Because it sounds like it's the end, right? Yeah, it seemed like a goodbye speech. Maybe. Well, maybe he knew. I. They say some people know when they're gonna pass away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a couple more things I wanted to bring up here that I read on Sport Leather Mania. One of them, you might be kind of surprised. I'm sure none of you have probably heard about this or not, guys. Cody Rhodes revealed that Dusty told him to leave WWE four years ago. Hmm. That who told him to leave? Dusty. His daddy. His dad, Dusty. Dusty. I believe it. Yeah, Yeah. because they're fucking Cody and go dust around. Right. But in, and here's what it says. Cody Rhodes has, has revealed that his late father, Dusty, told him to leave WWE four years ago. He spoke with Russell Radio for a new interview and was asked whether Dusty would have supported his decision to leave WWE. And this is what Cody said. Cody said, I know he would have supported it because he told me to ask for my release after WrestleMania 28. Cody, Cody said, I waited until WrestleMania 32 to take his advice. At 28, I recall particularly he was unhappy with the direction things were going with me and Big Show, and he just thought that I was so close to the keys of the kingdom, and they were slipping away, and that maybe leaving would wake them to the idea that this is somebody who wanted to captain your ship, and the way you guys are treating him has pushed him out. But it seemed at the time uh, like kind of a leopard's play, so it just didn't interest me. I wanted to stick it out. I always tried not to take Pop's advice because he's my dad. So the advice always came from that part of his heart, not the businessman part of his mind, but his heart. And actually, at the end of my WWE career, he was right that I should have made the decision maybe, made that decision maybe a little sooner. Cody also discussed his wife's support of his decision, how Goldust took the news, and a little bit more than that. Apparently, Dusty uh, mentioned to to Cody four years ago about about leaving WWE. Hmm. It's funny y'all bring up the Ultimate Warrior because I have his shirt on today. Oh. That's cool. And another another story, of course, we keep talking about here is, of course, uh, is the ongoing thing with Goldberg. Uh. <laughs> Goldberg spoke with Brian Fritz for a new interview and talked about the potential for a WWE return. WWE, the WWE and WCW alum who was promoting WWE 2K17 said that he is forever grateful to 2K Sports and WWE for letting him be a part of the game and said that his recent overseas appearances got him thinking about a potential return. And this is what Goldberg said. It is both a feeling that I haven't felt in a long time, which is kind of cool, but the reality is it, the reality is, it ain't in my court, he said. It's not in my court. I've said, it, I've said many times that I'm willing to throw water under the bridge, but hey, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm here in the video game, and I'm ecstatic for that. If that's all that it is, hey, I'm fine. I'm cool. I can live the rest of my life and be extremely pleased with what I have accomplished. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but my question is to, and Gerard, I'll ask you this first. Do we want to see Goldberg in the WWE at least one more time? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's 
past his time, I think. Uh, I don't know what he could really do. But Michelle? I say yes one more time. Just one more time for 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 the hell of it. JD? I'd say the same thing as Michelle, however, because I think a lot of people like to see which guys he can uh, go in the ring with, like KO, like a Rollins, oh, like a Brock, one more time even. Roman. Have Roman even. I, oh, him and Roman, yeah, yes. Yeah, him and Roman like would be interesting. Left, so. John, I think you only have, have one or two matches left. Yeah. I don't think you have enough for a whole bunch of matches, but I maybe see him one, like maybe one good match. Um, sure. I think just send him off, one. and then you can put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even heard him say that he'd be happy to, of going into the Hall of Fame sometime. I mean, well, this he should. Him. He had a, a great career in WCW, and he had a few years in WWE. Yep. John says he could see Goldberg wrestling Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, or Seth Rollins. <laughs> he had to bring Roman into it. <laughs> let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Oh. rain. Yeah, that's, that's when you hit the spear. Hit the spear. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it's lights out for Roman. Yes. I agree there. Well, well, guys, we got a few minutes here. How about uh, how about we do? Uh, and what we'll do is we'll do a couple of pieces of, uh, of course, the old standby. And I think it would seem appropriate to get it started if our if our main man here went ahead and got it going for us. And that is, of course, T and W of the man. If you please, sir. The old standby. The old standby. Lassie and Timmy's stuck in the well again. <laughs> well, Timmy O'Toole from the This is the old standby for me. Uh, or that dog that brings you beer on his neck. That's pretty good. That's awesome. If, the I, the, if I was stuck in the winter, he'd like bring me a keg of beer or something. Or that, or whatever he'd bring, but it'd have to be beer. But That's way off topic. Uh, the old standby sledgehammer. No, I'm not ready The old standby's wicked wild fantasy matchup. <laughs> yes. Everybody wants to get to a piece and we'll just go around the table, do one at a time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let Michelle go first. Ladies first. Okay. Uh, so, Gerard, who do you say? Who, who do you say to let go first? The classy lady, MLD. Just sounds like a plan to me. Uh, Michelle, <laughs> you please, man, the sky's the limit. Go ahead. Let's see what you got in terms of a fancy match. All righty. Um. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do one of TNA versus WWE. Uh, I'm going to do on the TNA side, Mike, the Brick Brack. I can't talk. 
On the TNA side, Mike Bennett and his partner. Shit. Name what she's from. Um, we'll say Moose, since that's his new best buddy. And then taking on the WWE side of Seth Rollins. Ooh. And Randy Orton. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. TNA versus WWE. Uh, Mike Bennett and Moose versus Rollins and Orton. Wow. Michelle, your thoughts on your match, please. Well, this is when I kicked myself in the ass because I made the match. Um, <laughs> uh, I like them all. I'm not really particularly a big Moose fan, but my son likes him for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my kid, y'all. I really don't with wrestling. Like, he's a big Moose fan. He's a big Finn Balor fan, which I'm a-okay with that, of course. Uh, yeah, he's just, like, coming out the woodworks. But anyways, um, I would have to say if Moose was not Mike Bennett's partner, because y'all know I'm a huge fan, I'm going to go with Seth and... Who the hell would I say? I forgot what I'd say. Oh, Randy Orton. Good God. Orton. Seth and Orton. That's... Yeah, so I'm going to go with Rollins and the Vipers. Okay. Uh, uh, JD, your thoughts on TNA versus WWE tag team? I'm going to say Seth and Randy. Okay. Gerard, your thoughts? Seth and Randy Orton. Okay. RKO out of nowhere. Yes. That's it. <laughs> John TNA versus WWE. Mike Bennett and Moose versus Rollins and Orton. He can RKO me as long as he helps me get up when I come around. Oh, <laughs> that works. John is going with Team WWE, and I'll say the same. Great match, here, Michelle. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, <clears throat> let me see here. Uh, uh, let's see, JD. Let's go ahead and take care of uh, take care of the match. All right, let's go. Uh, tag. We're gonna go six person tag here. We'll have three of WCW legends versus three uh, WWF legends. But we're gonna do it with a little twist. All right, it's going to be a. Uh, Weapons match, which anything goes. So the three I've chosen for the WCW team are Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack. We'll toss in, let's just say, the Stinger. And number three will be Dusty Rhodes. The three WWF legends are the Iron Sheik, uh, let's toss in Bruno San Martino. Oh. And number three, let's go for the hell of it, the Hulkster. Holy oh. cow. Six-man tag, weapons match, WCW versus WWF. Cactus yes. Jack Sting and Dusty Rhodes versus the Iron Sheik, Bruno San Martino, and Hulk Hogan. 
J.D., your match, your thoughts, please. Great match with all six involved, but you've got to go with the WCW team. Oh, Michelle, your thoughts on this match? Uh, Excuse me. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Foley team. You're going with WCW. Okay. Gerard, your thoughts? Paul Coleman's team. Okay. And uh, John, your thoughts? Team Bifron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John's going with Team with, with uh, Team WWF as well, and this is this is good. Uh, Gerard's going to pull it like a twelve man. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm going to. Don't worry. You'll you'll like. Well, you probably won't like my match, but. <laughs> Uh, I won't say Team WWF in this. Great match. Great oh, match no, I'm curious about Gerard's match. Great matches here so far here. Uh, of course, Michelle and Gerard. I mean, J.D. Gerard. Uh, let's hear what you got there, bud. Which one? Oh, it's me, right? Yeah, you're it's up. You. Oh, yeah, it's you. Oh, yeah, it's you. Oh, I'm up. All right. You are up. Yes, sir. I'm up, yeah. Uh... I have an epic tag team matchup. You'll never guess who versus who. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Just remember that because you'll find out in a minute. It's going to be Randy Orton. Oh, God. His tag... <laughs> oh, it gets a lot worse. <laughs> it's uh, Stop it. Uh, Randy Orton and his tag team partner is the bald-headed Goldberg. They're going to be a tag team. <laughs> it gets a lot worse. <laughs> Fuck you, Gerard's going to come in one minute. Um, Whoa. <laughs> oh, don't worry, it will. Watch. They're going to be against... <laughs> Brock Lesnar, and his tag team partner is Chris Jericho. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Team Freddy. That's uh, three, two, one. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get the swear jar ready. Those nickels are coming fast and furious. And we'll be we'll, we'll be rich. <laughs> there you go, Gerard. Your match. Your thoughts, man. I don't want to pick it, man. I'll piss her off more. Hold on, but I'm going to have to go with Brock and Chris Jericho. They're going to come together for this match. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Michelle, your thoughts on Gerard's uh, uh, tag team match here? Gerard, I thought you loved me. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, um, I, I honestly had to say no contest here. I can't pick. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. JD, your thoughts? I think it's going to be Brock's team. Okay. John, your thoughts? Uh, 
I thought he was going to say, like, the outsiders versus the club. I was like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you hear Brock got a fine for hitting Orton? Uh Uh-uh. No. I thought I'd seen that somewhere, but that's stupid because Orton knew it was coming. Oh. Here it is. I found the story, Chad. I finally found that story I was talking about earlier. Okay. Uh, okay, John, is, John says Brock Lesnar's team would win, and I'm going to say Orton and Goldberg pull it off. JD, you said you have a story you wanted to bring up. Yeah, this is the story I was trying to say earlier, however, guys. You're going to like this. Police arrested a dude who was acting like a gorilla and touching his dong at the Giant Eagle Plaza in Warren, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) It gets better, guys. You ready for this? Officers (laughs) were called to the scene on reports of two white males who were running around the parking lot. Timothy Cook, 32, however, of Levittburg, entered the nearby license bureau, waved his arms around left, and then started to masturbate on the sidewalk. By the time the officers arrived, they said they found him sweating in the parking lot, acting like a gorilla by squatting on all fours, punching the blacktop, jumping up and down, screaming and growling, mind you. Wow, must have been an amazing... Uh, never mind, shut up. <laughs> oh, my Lord. My he must have been uh, on some good drugs that he's drinking yeah, off I don't think, as yeah. a gorilla. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, John, you have a match. And don't have Roman Reigns in it, for the love of God, man. Of course, it was, we were talking about earlier about how the website for uh, the girl, the the girl who uh, was in Ghostbusters, um, who played the. The Winston, the Winston Zedmore part in Ghostbusters. Uh, that chick from uh, Mike Amali. No, the no, the the, the African American girl. Oh. Her her website got hacked. Oh no! <laughs> I hate when that happens. And put porn up like you're not watching it. I know. Put, I hate it. They put nude pictures up and her driver's license and her passport really? and all that. So, yeah. And it said it's just been taken down until they find out who who was responsible. Ooh. She probably she probably did it for good for like doesn't matter with a celebrity bad publicity good publicity it's all good. Gerard. Yes. You know what would be an awesome matchup, and I'm not going to use it, but I'm just going to say it: The Miz and Mike Bennett. No, The Miz and Daniel Bryan after last night when they ripped oh, each other no. apart. Yeah. Crazy. I don't. What the hell are you doing with that? They're There's, saying that there's going to be a match now. I don't think so. No, hell no. No. And John's got hit. Speaking of matches, John's got one up or one one already. I'll go ahead and read it. It's Cena versus fight? Roman. I know it. <laughs> no, Roman's, not involved. Roman's not involved. Oh my god! It's a body slam challenge. Braun Strowman versus the One Man Gang. The One Man who? The One Man Gang. One Man Gang. Akeem, the dancing African machine or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was. I I like the One Man Band, like East Slater. I was like, oh, the One Man Gang. I like the One Man Gang, but 
Yeah, oh, J.D. had a story about him earlier. Uh, he actually has been... Uh, J.D., what was the story? He was displaced. Uh, his home has been displaced because of the flooding in Louisiana. He's asking for everyone to help him out, however. Uh, he's off the old GoFundMe thing? Yeah, he is, actually. That's sad. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, so I'll go around and ask everybody. Uh, uh, Michelle, I'll start with you first. Braun Strowman versus one-man gang in a body slam challenge. And uh, no, he doesn't like awesome. 20 men. <laughs> Oh, what? Yeah. That out. On Raw, remember the guy comes out and he goes, I like big sweaty men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I bet he didn't like him when he tore him up and gave him uh, the reverse choke slam and then he gave him that other thing that was really cool, like the twisting thing on his shoulder. Yeah, he did the King Kong Bunny 5 count instead. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he made him count him twice. Yeah. Now he gets two wins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And did you hear the announcers? I'd give that guy ten wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Michelle, your thoughts on uh, John's match? The one man gang, I guess, because uh, I'm not. I don't like Braun Strowman. Never have. Okay, JD Braun Strowman versus one man gang in the Body Slam Challenge. OMG, one man gang, too powerful, too strong. Good, Gerard, your thoughts. One man gang. John is actually taking Braun. Uh, he would. Traitor. And, and <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take, of course, because of the story JD brought to us, you know, out of respect and all that for this legend, I'm going to say one man gang. One man but gang he, was awesome. I love one man gang. And then they, well, that was in WCW, right? He was in WCW, WWE, and Mid-South, UWF, if you remember back yeah, in the Yeah, but what did he do the one-man gang in? WCW. Right, yeah. he was. He, yeah. He, he, he and then in. he switched to WWF and then the Keem, the dancing uh, African Ever- machine or whatever. And uh, I yeah. thought the one-man gang was better. He was like healer. He was like a yep. monster. And that's what he should have been. Like all these guys, like uh, Braun Strowman should never go face uh, uh Kurrigan or whatever, or that, uh, yeah, whatever that Indian guy was. What was his name? Oh, uh, I know who you're thinking of. Uh, the name's it's on my tongue, too. I know who you're thinking of. Uh, you know, the seven foot, uh, what, the Indian guy. He Kali. never went face, he went stupid. He went with Natalia. Ray Collie, yeah, he should never went face. Like, Punjabi like, Playboy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Punjabi Well, Playboy. he should have been the Punjabi Playboy heel because, like, and those guys, it's sad to say, but those guys should never went uh, uh, face ever. If you're a big dude, you should stay heel for the rest of your uh, career because Big Show, you should never went face. Uh, One Man Gang, uh, there's Mark a whole Peter. bunch of big guys that should never went face because it doesn't, it, it's stupid. You're a big, you're a seven foot, 400 pound guy. Uh, yeah, I like teddy bears and stuff. No, you don't. You want to crush people. You're not a, if you're a little guy, you might, you know, you can go face. But if you're a big dude, you're not going to go face. That's stupid. You mean you wouldn't want to see the happy Bulgarian Rusev, you know, the face side of him? Uh, no, I don't. I want to see him heal. I want to see him crush people. I don't want to see him like, uh, like Tyrus or Brodus Clay or whatever the fuck his name was. 
He should never went face. He should have went heel. He's a big dude. He has to. He has to crush people, kick people, smash people. That's what you're gonna do. And then, and the, it's a sad part of wrestling. But you should always keep heel. Like uh, I don't see ever, ever Kevin Owens going face because it would just be stupid. He's gotta be his troll. He's gotta be his heel. And. And that's sad for people because you're going to be stuck with that for the rest of your life. But that's what you do good. And Chris Jericho, uh, he's great heel. Uh, I guess he's okay face, but he does way better heel. Um, oh, my God. I just had an idea, Gerard. You had a great idea. Yeah, we need a top heel show. Well. <laughs> Well, Michelle gave me a couple of other ideas, Gerard, which I need to talk to you about that at some point. All right. How about another show idea, too? So, Michelle, Gerard, yeah. as soon as as soon as uh, we get done with this tonight. We're going to stay after hours. Stay, stay uh, after hours, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, i got to do my match. Oh, that's right. i got to do one, too. I said we would do two matches, but we'll do this one, and then we'll... It's already 11.15, so we'll go ahead and... Okay, let me go ahead and get mine taken care of here. Uh, ooh, Fatal 4-Way, uh, featuring four uh, four big guys. Mm-hmm. I've been mean, I mean four, uh, four big guys, yes. And we will put... Um, actually, y'all gave me some inspiration on some. Uh, we will put Kali... Versus Giant Gonzalez versus mm, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, I got it. Versus Luke Harper versus Big Cass. Oh, Big Cass, baby. How you doing? Share your thoughts on this uh, fatal four-way. <laughs> That's man my favorite um, I'm going with Big Cass. I'm sorry. Okay, JD. All right, so we got Cass. Who else we got? You got Cass. You got Luke Harper. You got Johnny Gonzalez, and you got Great Kelly. It's definitely gonna be Big Cass. How you doing? Okay. Gerard, <laughs> uh, you your thoughts on the fatal four-way big man challenge? Luke Harper. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> uh, and, John, your thoughts on the Fair Four-Way Big Man Challenge? <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all think I'm crazy, but we're going to do a show one night, like a 30-minute segment, and do matches, and I bet you I can predict probably every damn answer for Gerard. <laughs> it's scary. How and, how well I know Gerard. Well, that doesn't sound very good, but you know what I mean. Wrestling wise, and John saying big cats pull the one off. You suck, John. <laughs> You're supposed to say Luke Harper. <laughs> and, I'm going, and, and I'm going to say also. Oh, it's. It's it's a tough call here. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and as much as I love saying "How you doing," 
You know what? With Gerard, with Gerard back on here with us, I'm going to go along with him this time. I'm going to say Luke Harper. Uh, guys, if you want to chat around for a couple of minutes before we end the show here, please do so. They have to do a three-minute warning. I will be uh, right back. Uh, Gerardo, if you would mind doing a PLUG, I will be returning over return shortly. Alrighty then, we are going to do the old glug plug challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Plug and glug or glug and plug? Yeah, it's up to you. (laughs) 1724-444-7444. Yes, we are golfing. We're not very good. And the ID number is 138055. Press pound, press one. You can talk to any of us for like two or three minutes and then we're getting off. Sorry about your damn luck. You're drunk and restless. Watch that motorboat. A motorboat, yeah, we can motorboat. You want a motorboat, Jane Storm? What? I don't like whip. No. <laughs> No. I'd be more than James Storm than just that. That's for another show. Thank you very much. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, on that, on that note there, guys, I do uh, <clears throat> thank you very much, Gerard, for taking care of that for me. On that note here, guys, I want to thank everybody for popping on here for number 208 of uh, the Mothership here, Revolution here. Of course, we had a, a big time here talking. Of course, an extensive history here tonight on one of the three uh, folks who had a birthday today. Of course, happy 71st birthday to uh, uh, Mr. No Chance in Hell himself, the chairman of WWE, Vincent Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to believe, you know, that he, uh, of all that, my goodness, and that's the, one of the biggest histories I ever read. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, like I said, guys, if you want to stick around for just a minute after we end the show, uh, Gerard, my man, one more time, if you care, sir, please go ahead and take us home. I'm going to take us out like a firecracker. I'm going to take us out. This has been another edition. Uh, fuck it. This has been another edition of WWUS. Revolution. It's been 208 or something like that. I lost count because I can't count unless it's beers. I can't count that high in beers. So <laughs> deal with it. This has been another. And the team of Vince McMahon <laughs> minions are in order. It's <laughs> <laughs> Chad. No chance in hell, Incha. (laughs) (laughs) The classy lady, Steph. (laughs) It's, uh, JD, Shane the Iceman. We got JD, you might be fired. 
human <laughs> suplex machine. And we got the last but not least, the King of Kings. King Ender the O G T S. God bless. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bugs bite, because it's hell. And we'll see you tomorrow night for Wolfpack. And we'll see you also in the ring. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.